Elsie Owen Books is a podcast brought to you by author and narrator Elsie Owen. This is your stop for five fantasy short stories in audio format. Please subscribe to our free newsletter at lcowenbooks.com for behind the scenes and exclusive content. Link is in the description. L.C. Owen Books, where thoughts become worlds. The Specimen by M. R. Callahan Narrated by L.C. Owen Episode 3 By the following Saturday, the specimen would have been forgotten if not for the band-aid she wore. It looked like her thumb and a bit of the back of her hand had been dragged over a fine cheese grater, but it appeared to be healing normally. Mercy spent the morning in bed surfing social media. Just as she had almost convinced herself to put the phone down, she came across a post labeled Octopus Comes Inland to Hunt Squirrels. According to the article published in Kingsport Tribune, a local man, Jim Jefferson, had witnessed a tentacle reach out of his storm drain on Walnut Street to capture and strangle a squirrel. County authorities refused to speculate about what kind of animal could have perpetuated the attack, but offered assurances that no octopus would come that far inland. The eyewitnesses, a retired fisherman, insisted that it was a tentacle of some kind. The comments on the post had almost instantly devolved into the insults and name-calling that were the norm on the internet, but intermingled with the vitriol, there were a few messages to support. Others had seen the tentacle, and going on that theory was that the octopus was not just on a hunting trip, it had become a full-time resident of the drainage system. Even though she felt a twinge of guilt, Mercy told herself there was no way to know if this was her specimen, an octopus, or some other sea life, or just an invention of the collective imagination of Kingsport. She did, however, find the suggested names for the creature pretty humorous. Several people were referring to it as the Walnut Street Strangler. Others followed internet convention and christened it with Touchy McTentacle Face. While yet another group had decided to give it the inexplicable moniker Kevin. Her favorite came from the sarcastic skeptic who consistently referred to it as Mr. Feely. She hopped over the cryptozoology subreddit to submit the newspaper story, but someone had already beaten her to it. The consensus there was also pointing to a huge octopus, but without pictures or video. It was still very much up for debate. She noted that Manipog62 was commenting here as well, again referencing the 1911 tentacle attack on the azimuth. Mercy wondered if Mr. Bishop had seen the news story or if he had ever heard of the Azimuth incident. She wanted to send both links to him, but also didn't want him to think that there was some kind of cryptic conspiracy nut. His opinion mattered a great deal to her, and not just because she was counting on getting a letter of recommendation from him someday. Mercy, come down and help with lunch, please. Coming, Mom. Mercy tried to leave Mr. Feely behind as she went downstairs. Because it was rainy, the rest of the weekend passed with a blur of homework and Netflix. Mercy returned to school on Monday, having decided that she would talk to Mr. Bishop about the news story, and maybe mention the azimuth incident, if it felt right. On her way to the biology classroom, she stopped at her locker to ditch some of the heavier books in her backpack. Even though she had hosed it out the best she could and left it hanging dry for several days, a faint saltwater scent still clung to it. 
It made her wonder how Mr. Feely was doing out there. As she shouldered the lightened backpack, she noticed that a clump of girls had gathered further down the hall. Although Mercy knew most of their names, she had never spoken a complete sentence to any of them. They were residents of a somewhat higher social caste than she, the big fish of this particular pond. How this hierarchy was established had always been a mystery to Mercy. She suspected it was a complex calculation based on clear skin, parental wealth, hair, makeup, and fashion choices, listening to the right bands, liking the right boys, and just having enough breast development for those boys to like you back. In classes, she rarely paid attention to them. They were almost universally mediocre students. But today, one of them was in tears. Not, oh no, Chad dumped me, tears. These appeared to be somewhat more genuine. Mercy gave in to her curiosity and loitered nearby, checking her phone while eavesdropping. I don't know, the tearful girl was saying. She went out last night after dinner, like she does every night, and she never came back in. The speaker, Mercy thought, was a Julie or Julia, dabbled at her eyes with a tissue, while others patted her on the back. Did you call the police? asked one of the group. My mom did, but they said they only looked for missing persons. Dogs are people, too. I mean, what are we even paying them for? She resumed sobbing and dabbing as the pack moved together down the hall. Mercy followed at a distance, still using her phone for cover. On the locker of the distraught girl, there was a photocopied lost dog poster. The black and white picture showed an overweight pig and geese who answered to the name Sadie. A block of type text offered more details and a reward. One phrase caught Mercy's eye. Last seen around the 400 block of Walnut Street. Mercy walked briskly to the biology classroom. The door was open, and Mr. Bishop was sipping a cup of coffee at his desk. Good morning, Miss Rye. Can I help you? Have you heard about Mr. Feely? Mercy blurted out, much more excitedly than she had planned. The shop teacher? That was just a rumor. The district investigated and said it was unfounded. No, I mean the... Wait, what? Both student and teacher froze for a moment, staring at each other wide-eyed. Mr. Bishop finally broke the silence. Right, let's just erase that and start over. Bishop cleared his throat. <clears throat> no. Who is Mr. Feely? Uh, okay. Mercy took a deep breath and spoke slowly. There's a story online about a tentacle pulling squirrels into the storm drains. Some people are calling it Mr. Feely. Did you see the article? No, I haven't. Where was it posted? Mr. Bishop opened the laptop on the desk. The original article was posted by the Trib, but it got picked up by Reddit, so it's spreading now. Just search Tentacle Hunt Squirrels. Mr. Bishop located the article and began skimming it. Okay, here it is. Looks like the animal control and fish and game are both refusing to even consider the possibility. Typical. Mr. Bishop shook his head. If they would just accept the reality that the vast majority of oceans are still unexplored, we would get past all this government denial and let the real experts get on with their work. Mercy was surprised at Mr. Bishop's vehemence. Do you think it's my specimen? Mr. Bishop shrugged. I suppose it's possible, but we will probably never know for sure. If it gets caught by a fisherman or some other citizen, it might get properly examined before it's confiscated. 
if a game warden or animal control officer gets it instead, we'll never see it again. Either way, I hope it gets caught soon. If it is my specimen, and it's growing as quickly as it was before, it won't be long before it goes after bigger meals. Mercy again felt a wave of prickling revulsion, and the now familiar urge to kill it. Although there was no proof, she felt a strong conviction that Mr. Feely was on the loose because of her. Mr. Bishop read the look on her face and said, Look, we have no proof that this is your specimen. You know how viral stuff is. People jump to all sorts of unfounded conclusions. This could be some weird guy in an octopus suit, for all we know. Mercy nodded. Right? She continued in a mocking tone. Because everyone knows the squirrels is the natural enemy of the octopus. Of course, said Mr. Bishop, smirking. That's why eons ago they agreed to divide the earth. The octopus stays in the water and the squirrel on land. Warming to the fiction, Mercy added, and this guy is violating the ancient treaty. Trying to start a war. It all makes sense now. Both teacher and student chuckled, and Mercy felt somewhat less guilt-stricken. Don't worry about it, Miss Rye. I'm sure this will all be forgotten soon. I hope so. My mom vetoed my request for a shotgun. That afternoon, Mercy saw Sadie's push-in face all over the neighborhood. Posters for the lost dog were everywhere. She detoured a bit to roll down Walnut Street for a few blocks, although she had no idea where the incident had taken place. She did stop and peek in at a few storm drains and found nothing but the usual detritus and lost frisbees you'd expect to find in the gutters of a residential neighborhood. When she got home, she decided to knock out her homework as quickly as possible so she could get back online and look for more sightings. Math and history kept her busy until dinner, but once the dishwasher was loaded and running, she was able to get back online. There was a lot of activity on the subreddit, but none of it particularly useful. On the Tribune's original story, there were plenty of new comments, but somehow the thread had become more about who was a Nazi and why rather than tentacles, so it was also unhelpful. The only interesting twist was the creature's early nicknames had all morphed together, and some were now calling it Kevin McFeely. MR and RM Callahan write interrelated fantasy series inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Their books and stories can be found at flockhall.com. Join the flock to enjoy free exclusive content, giveaways, death threats, and... Wait, that can't be right. Huh? Nope, that's what it says. All right, um, giveaways, death threats, and fun reader contests. Link is in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our channel. For more information on sci-fi fantasy authors, short stories, and novels, please visit our website, lconbooks.com. L.C. Owen Books, where thoughts become worlds.